I just want to go to the word of the Lord, and uh, we're going to be talking about thankful giving today. And um, I know whenever a preacher announces a title about speaking on tithe and grace, that half the church runs for the door. But the doors are already locked, so you're stuck here till we're done. So we just have somebody posted out there. You know, we give to the Lord out of a thankful heart. Amen. And I would remind you from last week that thankfulness is the key that unlocks the gate of God. And giving is a gate. Amen. It's a gate that brings blessing into our life. And so Jesus gives us many examples of teaching on giving as well as salvation. One of the most prolific, prolific topics in the scripture is giving as well as the understanding that when we give, God responds. How many know God loves a cheerful giver? So I'm going to ask that we give our offering after the sermon today. So if you're, if you're wanting to give an offering and you're, you, you don't give online, we do appreciate that. But as we're dismissing today, we're going to put the baskets by the back door and um, someone can post there. And if you want to give on your way out, maybe you will feel God speaking to you. Go with me to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6. Didn't Brother Reese do a great job in spirit life today? If you haven't heard that, go on back and pull it up. He did a great job. Stewardship is one of the spiritual principles that we cannot get around. Amen? And as a church, we need a healthy diet from the Word of God. We need to be taught about forgiveness because we have people we need to forgive. We need to talk, talk about repentance and water baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. These are things we need to talk about to be spiritually whole and healthy. Amen? Those are the spiritual vitamins. And so every year, a preacher must talk about giving and tithing and generosity and that it comes from a thankful spirit. We give not because we have to. We give because we're thankful to the Lord for all he's done for us. Amen? Did somebody agree with that? In the church, say amen. All right. Let's read together. Brother Reese, if you'd read from verse 6 down to verse 12. Gotcha. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed for ye have been a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. When you give to the Lord all all nations will recognize it. All people will know you're blessed when we're good stewards of the resources that God has given us. Lord, add a blessing in a, to the hearing and the reading of your word. God, we bless, we, we bless your name and we ask you to help us to study the word with honesty and with truth. Give us your word to light our path and to lead us as we take steps to please you that your word would live in us and be made manifest in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. We welcome any visitors. We welcome you online. We're so glad you're here. Brother Reese, some have said, since we're in the Old Testament here, some have said that this 
tithe has been done away with because it's under the law. If you know what the law is, the law is referring to a certain dispensation of time versus the, the dispensation of grace. Can you, that's theological terminology, and it, it's kind of maybe a little bit more boring, I guess, for some people. But can you explain to us a little bit about just the difference between the law and the dispensation of grace? Yeah, actually, we talked about, we kind of touched on that today in Spirit Life class because we went through the book of Hebrews. Yes, we did. And one thing that uh, if you studied the book of Hebrews, um, the author of that book did such an amazing job mm -hmm. laying out all of the Old Testament and all of the points that he took from the Old Testament point straight to Jesus, right? So, Amen. so he talks about, um, the author anyways, talks about these uh, testaments mm -hmm. and the testator, mm -hmm. right? So uh, an another like term that we may know today is a will and testament, right? right? right. Uh, most of us probably have something, a will or something um, to that effect in our own lives. And essentially what that does is once somebody passes away, that will and testament takes, takes into effect. It's, it's null and void while the person who drafted the will is alive, but once they die, that's when all the stuff that they designate happens. Amen. So Y'all should be preaching with us because <laughs> Jesus is, is the, the what, testator, the testator yes. of a better covenant. And because right. he died on the cross... We stepped into grace, amen? Amen. That's powerful stuff. Preach with him while he's saying <laughs> this. Just kind of process with him and, and go through the scriptures that are in your head. Yeah. It's so beautiful that because he died, his testament, the New Testament, was, mm -hmm. was activated in us, right. amen, for us. Yeah, and Hebrews, um, I think it uses, what did we say in Spirit Life? Was it nine or 14 different times it uses the word better? when referencing the New Testament to the Old Testament. It talks about how we have a better priesthood. Amen. We have a better salvation. We have a better hope. We have a better like covenant with God yes. in the New Testament because yes. the blood of bulls and goats, they, they would just roll sin ahead of year in the yes. Old Testament. But because Jesus died and his blood was perfect, that's right. that now that that's applied to us, we're under the New Testament. He's passed, Jesus died. So the Old Testament has been completed, and now we live in the New Testament. Amen. You can think of it as a will, the new will, new will and testament of God. Amen. So whenever we're reading in Malachi, it says, he's like, where have, where have you robbed me? Oh, you've robbed me in tithe and offering. That's a really strong statement. And people say, well, that's under the law. That's been done away with. Jesus fulfilled the law, right? How many know that Jesus fulfilled the law when he came? Amen. So we don't have to do that anymore. We, we should pray, have the Holy Ghost tell us what we should give, and then give accordingly. Well, that is one way of looking at it. In fact, there's a whole movement in churches and pastors that, have, that are moving away from tithe altogether because they say it's in the law. But the tithe began before the law. We have to understand that. As we go to Genesis chapter 8 real quick in verse 22, we see the anchoring principle of tithe and offering, which is sowing and reaping. That's the anchor principle. While the earth remain as seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall be present. Amen. And tithing for the, the New Testament believer, tithing for those that are under the dispensation of grace. Somebody say, that's me. For us, it's done in a different attitude. It's not removed because it was before the law. It came through the law, yes. And it was, there was more things set up like a temple tithe and a tithe for the Levitical priesthood. And, and the argument against tithe is that, well, we, we are the priests now. So what they used to give to the priests, we are now that. So we can give it to ourselves. <laughs> and, and there was a tithe for the, for the tabernacle, but we are now the tabernacle. So the tithe is done away with, but we understand that Seed time and harvest, as long as the earth remaineth, that's the duration that it speaks about. And so if you look at this particular scripture, this was long before the law was given. In fact, I pulled some numbers. Abraham's birth was 292 years after the flood. And then 
The death of Abraham to the birth of Moses was another 250 years. And then Moses entered into his ministry 80 years later. So this is 622 years before the law was ever given. And yet God is saying there's a principle of giving and receiving. With God, there's always the principle of reciprocity. That's a big word, but that means when you give something, God will give back. It's his nature, amen? Better to give than to receive. That's what God is like. And so when we love the Lord and we walk with God, we start to become like him. How many have ever been upset or, or sad and you did something to give to somebody? And when you gave to somebody, suddenly a gate opened and you started feeling happy. You couldn't find happy. But whenever you did something for somebody else, you felt happier. Have anybody, anybody been there? Do you have any examples of how you gave before and it blessed you? It ministered to you? Yeah. Um, so I know I've been pretty transparent about um, just stuff that Tasha and I have been through, but I can think of a couple times. So I'll back up and just say that tithing, the whole principle, was uh, huge when I was growing up. Like my mom always, you know, even when I was in Sunday school, if I had $5, she's like, you're giving a dollar because that's what tithe is. You know, you give to the Lord. Yes. So We should say a tithe means 10%. Right. I know a dollar on $5 is not 10%, but that was, you know, my mom was getting me into that, like we give. God gave yes. us, so we give. Right. She right? started you at 20%? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she wanted to shoot for the moon, and if he ended up missing the moon, he ended up in the stars, that kind of thing. Right. Like, go high, brother. <laughs> go for the stars. But, uh, I mean, even when I, was, um, when I was in high school and college, mm -hmm. I was working uh, almost full-time, and my parents were going through a really difficult time financially, and I was helping, like, with groceries and just whatever I could help with. And I went to school full-time, too, and I was driving 20 miles one way to go to classes. And I know I've probably told this story before, but, um, like, I, I still tithe because my mom's like, well, do it, because God will take care of you if you, yes. if you tithe. And it yes. wasn't like give to God so you can gain. It was God's given us something, even if it's little, mm -hmm. and he's just asking for a little bit back, and then he's going to take care of us. So even when we were going through that period, I was tithing, and there was a specific time I had, like, no gas in my truck, and I got, like, 15 miles to the gallon, right? And I'm driving 20 miles one way. And I love this story. The needle is on E, right? <laughs> and I, I have no money in my bank account. And uh, I was able to drive for an additional week on that fuel that wasn't in my tank so I could get paid. And then when I got paid, I went and got gas. <laughs> but but just, so just awesome. stuff like that where God will take care of you. And it's not always, I do want to say this, it's not always wow. like, it's not always wow. you gave $100 so God's going to give you 200 It, it doesn't right. always work right. that way. But right. when you give something, God will bless you somewhere. Yes, but yes. I, I just don't want to get hung up on the, oh, it's always money that God gives you back. No. It's, it's not no. always that. It could be health. It could be miracles right. in your family. It, it, it could, it could be, be touching. You can give to the Lord and tumors can disappear in your body. You can do something where you give generously to a minister, another ministry and cancer falls off of your life. There's things that God does that you don't even know about. Things right. that are going on. That I had a friend who had a softball-sized tumor in her body, didn't even know it was there. Amen. What what have God what has God done for us that we don't even know yet? We'll know over there. Yes, we will. And we'll look back and go, look what the Lord has done. Amen. That switch moment I was talking about where you go from the presence of the Lord being with you always, but the manifest presence of God, sometimes that's done when you give to the Lord. Have you ever had a moment in service where you give the offering and suddenly the, the Holy Ghost starts to move and presence of the Lord just comes in? Have you ever been in a service where there's Holy Ghost apostolic sacrificial giving and you watch just people just moved by God? It is a thing of the, of the scriptures. It's, it's the principle of seed time and harvest. And it's way before the law. And so the law being fulfilled in Christ Jesus did not do away with the tithe. It's supposed to be there as long as the earth remaineth. So how do we sow seeds, Brother Reese, in a non-agricultural society? Anybody go out and sow some seeds this week? <laughs> not a single one of you. <laughs> so how are we sowing seeds? What does that mean in, when we don't farm? We're not farmers. Sure. What does it mean um, in Scripture? Do you want to, like, do you mean in the context of 
tithing or just in general? Oh, well, I mean, it, I'm, we're on the giving aspect of tithing, and I'm, okay. I'm going to get to this illustration in just a minute about how we give the Lord our tenth. And, mm-hmm. and I just want to talk to, to that a little bit, that that sure. gift is unto the Lord yeah. and how we sow it. Yeah, I, sowing seeds, especially when you're talking about, like, just giving or tithing. Um, Expect a harvest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I think it's more of a um, mentality the way that we give. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, so sowing seeds in that aspect, I just look at that as giving, right? Like, the Bible even talks about when you preach the gospel, it's like yes. sowing seeds. Yes. You know, yes. you're... You're delivering what you have been given to somebody. And yes. when you think about that in the tithing aspect is God has given us something which is like health, the ability to work, like he's provided for us. So you can think of that as the seeds that God has already given us. And yes. then our tithe and giving some back Amen. to God or to the church, that's us throwing the seeds. God's given us all the seeds and now he just expects us to sow them. Amen. You know, so if you're looking at it in that context... At least that's the way I look at it. And to think um, about the mentality part, like God, the Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. Yes. And I, I believe part of that is, you know, some people get like kind of facetious about giving and it's like, well, I'm going to give this money. What are they going to do with it? Like, you know, and we've seen just corruption and things like that, even with like nonprofits and people get nervous about like, Yes. Well, if I give a monetary gift, like how do I know it's going to be managed right? Yes. I don't think that's what the Bible means about a cheerful giver. Right, right. You know, and Amen. that's something my mom always Amen. taught me is like, if you're going to give something, don't worry about what they're going to do with it because when you give it and you give it as if you're giving it to God, yes. even if they mismanage it, it doesn't matter because God is the one who Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand on that. We give it as unto the Lord. Now, it's good to be under a ministry that's managing money properly, and it's good to be under a ministry where God has blessed. I mean, we, we can see God blessing this place. We, we can see God blessing us in the fact that we're in a $7,000 a month building and we're paying 1500 a month. We can see God blessing us that we have an emergency fund that'll pay for almost a year, you know, of our, of our rent without even taking another offering. We're seeing the blessings of God, you know. But the thing that we're doing to give to the Lord is we're giving unto the Lord as it is holy unto the Lord. That word holy means set apart or set aside. So everyone say holy. There used to be something called holy matrimony. Do you remember that? Where, where two couples came down and were clueless as to what was going to happen in their future. And they're 20 years old and all in love. And you're going, Lord, the train's about to hit, you know, and just like about to find out what, what the real life is all about when kids come and priorities and weight of responsibility, but they're so in love. And so they come down to the altar and the priest or the minister is there and, and he is, uh, he's going to perform the ceremony of holy matrimony. It's not that we are so holy. It's that it's set apart that you are set apart to me and I am set apart to you and we're making this covenant together in front of the people and in front of God and that is holy matrimony that you are specifically given to one thing and one person and they will be beside you for the rest of your life. That is holy matrimony. So when we say we give it unto the Lord, holy as unto the Lord, that God takes care of the books. God takes care of what happens with that money after. And it's, if it's misused, God will deal with it. God will take care of that. But when you give it, you give it as unto the Lord. And the Lord records that in heaven. You know, Cornelius in, chapter, in the 10th chapter of Acts, the Bible says that the Lord knew that the alms had come up to him, that God kept track of what Cornelius gave at the house of the Lord. So we give out of respect to the Lord for what he's done for us. Amen? Out of respect to God. And as an example and as a way to act out of love toward what he's done for us. How many can pay for what God has done for you? How many could possibly put a price tag on all the things God has done for you? Mental restoration, heart renewed, scars removed, things that God has done to restore you. Amen? We can't put a price tag on that. And so I want to do like the Lord does because he's done so much for me. I want to give. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave. That is the character, the nature of God. And so when we put on the whole armor of God or we put on God and we get full of the Holy Ghost, we start to be like God. 
God so loved, he gave. Jodan so loves, he gives. Your thankfulness is what produces the giving. And so the Bible actually gives a number to it, and it says a tenth of all that you have, a tenth of all that you bring in. Everybody say all. There's a, an amazing study that it'll cost you about $60,000 in seminary to learn, but there's an original Greek word for all, and it means all. $60,000 just handed to you right there. All means all. And so the beautiful thing about what God does is he says, look, and I don't know if you do this or not, but I like to pay our tithe as soon as possible. It's just something that I like to do. I don't like to keep God's money in my bank account, okay? And so I believe the Lord uh, deserves that 10%. I believe tithe is, is godly. I believe it works, amen? And if it doesn't work, then uh, I'm going to keep doing it because it's working for me. <laughs> even, if, even if there is no God and Jesus is not Savior and the Bible is just a book, I'd still live this lifestyle because it works. It works, amen? It obviously is true. And so what Jesus um, does for us is he gives us an understanding of what, what God is. So Jesus is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, Scripture says. And so that, that order is, comes to us through Abraham's gifts. Abraham actually tithed to the high priest Melchizedek. And Jesus became our high priest and the scripture tells us that even Jesus was to give gifts, amen? That he was supposed to offer gifts. And it wasn't just talking about himself on the cross. Now, I thank God that Jesus was the tithe for all mankind on the cross. I'm thankful that through the one, he protected and saved the whole, amen? So we have to understand that whenever we look at our income, we're not just giving from our net, Amen. It's funny that whenever you go to the bank, they want to know what your gross income is to give you a loan. You want to buy a car? What's your gross income? But then we come to church and we want to make a deal. <laughs> Jesus, I, I didn't see all that money. I, that didn't all come to me. Well, everywhere else, they want to know what you grossed, what your total income is. But when you come to the house of God, you want to tithe on the net. Have you ever talked to somebody that did that? Have you ever experienced that conversation in your own mind and heart? Should I give on what the dollars I'm actually seeing, or do I give on what I, I actually earn before taxes are removed? Mm. Uh, Being you know from what? the banker perspective, <laughs> right. I'll ask yes. him. <laughs> um, my mom just always said that when we pay tithes, that it's on gross. Yeah. She, she just always told me that. Um, and I remember at one point in my life, and this was like when I was not quite living for God, and I was like, why am I even paying tithes anyways? Like I went through that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I started kind of like justifying, like, well, I don't, you know, I make X amount of dollars, but actually this amount comes in my bank account, so... Sure. I'm just, sure. I'm gonna just pay tithes how many on would, that since I'm paying tithes. How many have had that argument in your head? You're like, well, this is all I'm getting. I guess I'll pay on that. Well, as you start to learn and grow, that God blesses you as you mm -hmm. give unto Him. Right. But sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Uh, and then um, after a conversation with my mom, you know, she she basically put it, laid it out for me and said that uh, if you guys don't know, I reference my mom a lot. She's wise. So that's why <laughs> learned a Hopefully lot from her. Hopefully she's watching online. Uh, yeah. So, but, but she kind of laid it out for me and is like, you know what? God gave you the ability to work and your salary or your hourly wage is right X amount of dollars. doesn't matter what the government takes, but God gave you the ability to work this job that pays you this amount of money. And this is what you pay tithes on. Amen. You know, because even Jesus said, render to Caesars what's Caesars and give to the Lord what's the, what, what's the Lord's, you know? Amen. So, um, it, really, I have my mom to thank for all of the stuff I learned about tithing. Let's give his mom a big hand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you She's so awesome. much. <laughs> so, the Bible says in Genesis 14, 20, that um, Melchizedek received tithes of men. And if Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek, Jesus receives tithes of men. Mm -hmm. That our gifts are actually brought to God through his sacrifice. And so, we have to understand that if we offer both gifts and sacrifice, that it's supposed to be done a certain way. And a tenth is actually the minimum that was given by the people of God, by the Israelites. They actually gave, if you calculate it out, about 23% of their income. How many, everybody say, ouch. 
how would you like to immediately go to giving 20% of everything you earn? That, that's amazing. But they did it. But they also gave in grain and corn and of the crops of the land and all of those different things, and of the animal and the fowl. And the, and, um, but they, they gave a, as a minimum 10%. And I want you to understand that 10 is the highest number in our particular mathematical um, structure. 10, when you go to 11, you've actually gone back to 10 and a 1. So you've gone back to 1 and you start over. Everything in algebra and everything in math is built upon the, the numbers 1 through 10, correct? Would you agree with me on that? So 10 is a number of the whole of everything below it, okay? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You start over. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So 10 is always the number of the highest number. And the scripture asks us to give our first and our best, all the way through lamb sacrifices. First and the best. Don't give God something that doesn't cost you something, that doesn't sacrifice. sacrifice. Jesus, even in the temple, says, look at the widow's might. She gave more than they give, than all of them that gave of their abundance. She gave of her substance, of her sacrifice. God is moved by sacrifice. And so what he says is, here's, here's a tithe. I want you to give, you can keep 90%, but I want you to give the 10% on all your increase. That's everything you're increased in. Everybody say everything, all. God wants you to give 10%. And when you give 10%, you say that belongs to God. See, what I used to do is I was very analog. I would go to the bank, go through the teller. I would get my check. And back those day, back in those days, I wasn't making a whole lot as an apprentice. Um, and I would take of my check, and I would get back cash that was, for me, my allowance. Everybody say a budget. I'd get my budget cash, and then I'd also get my tithe back. And I would fold my tithe in half and put it in the back of my wallet. i put it in one section of my wallet. So Sarah remembers this. I would always put my tithe in this section right here of my wallet, and I would fold it and put it in there. And I can't tell you how many times I was tempted to spend that money. Hello, somebody. But I kept it, and I brought it to church, and I gave it. Did you know that the Scripture requires us to give unto the Lord according to our increase? And that they did it once a week in the Scriptures. They would do it regularly. And when God was upset with them or when they used God's tithe, that they had to give with usury, the Bible says, or with interest, which is somewhere around 15%. That is the thing. So if you don't give God what's his, he'll expect you to give more back. And I know you're like, well, this, this 10% is really hard for us. You don't know what kind of debt we're in. You don't know what kind of struggle with it. I know what debt's like. I was over $50,000 in debt on credit cards. And when we sold our house, we bought our house for like $126,000. When we sold it, we sold it for so much more, we paid off all that debt. And that was because of prayers to pay off debt. I could pray people through in the Holy Ghost, brother. I could anoint people and I could see God move. I could turn that gate. I could get through that gate like I was talking about from where God's always with you, but you feel his manifest presence. I could do that. I could, I could anoint people so much they left the altar like a greasy bucket of chicken, but I still still could not get debt out of my home. I couldn't get debt out of my house because I didn't know how to manage money. And when you put God's 10% first, when you put God's amount that that has been given to you, when you put that first, it makes you automatically disciplined to ask the next question, what's next? So whenever you tithe, you automatically start to manage your money. It creates discipline. It creates insight. You stop going to the ATM and just pulling out cash with no record and just spending it. You actually start having an understanding of how much you bring in and how much belongs to God. And when you give God 10%, he will bless the 90%. Can you take that post-it note off there? I don't know how that got on there. He will bless the 90%. You see what I'm doing here? He will make the 90% go further than your 100% if you give him the 10%. That's how God works. Have you ever seen that happen in your life? Do you have examples other than, you know, Mm -hmm. putting you on the spot? No, that's okay. Um, Actually, so I'm going to get really transparent. uh, And Tosh may say, why did you say that later? No, she won't. She'll be cool. Um, Because I've kind of shared this testimony with most of you anyways, but... uh, just last year, mm-hmm. um, ta- I, I'll say I had because it was my fault. 
I had $10,000 in credit card debt. Uh, We went through a period where our rent check went through, and I was negative $15 in my checking account with no savings. And I had two rolls of quarters to do laundry, which a roll of quarters is $10. I had to take those two rolls of quarters to the bank to deposit them so my rent check wouldn't bounce. Like, it's so hard. But you know what? It's so like, hard to be in so, that spot. Right. So I say that not to like, not for sympathy or anything, but just to show that like, we know where, where people, we can relate, you know, like yeah. we've all been through money issues and all kinds, we can relate on that, right? Like that's common ground with all of us. We know how that is. Yeah. And most of it's because of just the American view of money and using yes. credit and debt and all this yes. stuff. Yes. But I can tell you in less than a year, we've paid off all the credit card debt and have like 10 grand in a savings account. So it's nice. like, and, and I don't, again, I don't want to say that to say if you, if you give tithes, God's going to just give you money. That's not how it works. But there were a lot of things that led to that point that God provided for. First off, he made sure we were never hungry. Yes. Like yes. we always had money for groceries. You know, he, he made sure Amen. we were never hungry. Another thing was at a chance meeting, um, my, I was at the bank on a Saturday and my old manager was there. He doesn't work Saturdays, but he was there and we're good friends. So we were sitting there talking and he's like, hey man, like our banker just put in his two weeks. If you want your job back, you can have it. And I'm like, I don't want to go. I knew what I was making there. It's like, I didn't want to do that. Um, but God provided a way. And now like I'm a senior banker. So there's just more opportunity and stuff. Amen. And it's just, it wasn't that God just gave me money, you know, like I, I can't beat that, that point hard enough, right. you know, but through those times when we were struggling, there were many Sundays, I'm like, you know what, I don't even want to give tithes because I need that money for whatever, yes. but Tasha, Tasha has way more faith than I do. I have faith, but she is like the, she's like at lives in faith all the time, and she would always just say, you know what, like, let's just, God will take care of it, and he always did. He well, always took care of us. You know, I, I hear grace coming through your life so much, that God's grace and favor is on your giving and your blessing him. And it is all him. And the scripture tells us that we're supposed to give. Paul talked to the church about giving and gifts and offerings. He talked another place about, I know you wanted to give. You had good intentions, but follow through. So doing Doing a tithe, giving unto the Lord a 10% is not putting us back under the law and taking us out of grace. Because he said, you know, in Galatians 6, 9, all things, well, no, what is it? Uh, be not weary in well-doing. Here's Paul talking about doing, doing, doing. Faith without works is dead, amen? You're supposed to combine your works with your faith. You don't do it to get right standing with God. We're already in his in his right standing because we've come through the blood and we've come through the water and we're filled with his spirit. Thereby, we're able to call him Lord. No man can call him Lord except through the Holy Spirit. We have to understand all of those basic dynamics of being saved and walking through those steps. But those are not steps that are bringing us back into a covenant of works. Those are actually things that God, that we're obedient to. So, Giving from a thankful spirit that we're talking about today, thankful giving, that comes through the over, overpowering understanding that God wants us to be obedient. And obedience in this, in tithing, produces obedience in other areas of your life. Most of the time when I see people that are rebellious or see people that are going through difficult times, and I'm not judging in any way, but they're struggling with their own spirituality, their own personal spirituality, I can go and look and see if they've been tithing. And most often they have not established the thankfulness of giving and tithe and offerings. And so it is important that we do great things for the Lord. But I do it because the word says so. Amen. And Paul says in in one place to the church, like, it's expedient for you to give. Everybody say expedient. Good King James word, right? Expedient means profitable. I remember one time. So, you know, he's talking about giving and we're talking about tithe. There are tithe and offerings that the scripture talks about. I was on this side in front row. There was an opportunity to give. And I've told this story before. So um, I'm not telling 
you what my right hand gave my left hand. If you give a large gift to somebody, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you that it's important because they gave to the church and the church dispersed in missions and dispersed in other ways. I want you to know that you can trust the house of God, but if you give thousands of dollars to another ministry outside this body, I would want to know about that as a pastor because they do say that there's no place that I've found in Scripture where you have to clear it with the pastor, but it is important as the spiritual head and the authority chain in your life that you let them know that God is talking to you about giving to another ministry. It's very important because I need to pray about that as a minister. And yes, that may give an opportunity for corruption in a ministry role where, where they're like jealous. How can you give to that and not give to this? That is not yours to worry about. You give as unto the Lord. But when you give to, to another ministry, Paul, Paul was saying, you wanted to give, but go ahead and do it. Just, just make sure you follow through and do it within the right authority chain. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm doing the proper thing in order for the windows of heaven to be opened. And he said, you've robbed me in tithe and offerings in Malachi 3. We're back to that. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I, I, I'm not able to tithe, so all of my income is cursed? Have you ever had someone bring that up to you before or talk about that? And, and how do you approach that from the Word of God? Huh. That's, I know that's really a loaded question. Spot, man. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that. I, I, even my mom used to say, going back to your point about the 90% blessed, my mom used to say, I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. Yeah. That's what she would say. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I look back to in the book of Acts when, uh, this is the, uh, story of it's Ananias and Sapphira, but mm. nobody was, people were just giving what they had. Like they were just selling what they had. It wasn't like, okay, we all have to, you know, bring 10%, even though that's the precedent in scripture, but people were just giving something like, mm. You know, and, and the whole issue with Ananias and Sapphira was that they were trying to, they basically, they were lying. You know, they were trying to look better. E even if they would have just said, you know what, we sold it for, uh, I'll just put it in today's dollars, like $50,000 and we're just going to give 100 that would have been fine if oh, it was yes. done honestly. Yes. Right? And that's, that's why I say, I, I use that example as today, like if somebody can't do 10%, you know what, I... I, I would defer to you, actually, because you're the pastor. But like some I would thing, defer to the word a, of the a Lord. Cheerful giver, a, a cheerful giver. Amen. You know? Amen. Um, I think that's really good to understand. But I don't go to the point of saying that the rest of your income is cursed. I do go to Malachi 3 and say that the Lord promises when you give, God promises when you give him what's his, he will rebuke the devourer over what's left. He didn't say it's cursed. Understand, I know some of you have come through ministries where you've been spiritually abused in this area, and I am sorry, I apologize for every pastor that has misused any of your money or, or abused you in any way through this. This is something you need to understand. If you were told your money is cursed because you don't give 10%, that is not biblical. I don't see it in the scriptures, Okay. Now, if you see something and you want to come and tell me, that's fine. We'll talk about it. We'll Bible study together. I love to Bible study, okay? But what you have to understand is God will rebuke the devourer, which means that this will not be consumed as fast as it would be consumed. There will not be holes in your pocket. There will not be leaks in your cup, amen? There, this will go further if you give God your 10%. So people come to me and say, Pastor, we're in debt. Pastor, we're doing this. We're, doing, we're, we're trying so hard. We just can't give 10%. Start somewhere. Amen? Start somewhere, but reach for 10%. Because 3% is not a tithe. 5% is not a tithe. 8% is not a tithe. 10% is a tithe. And I can tell you that there are times that my wife and she can shake her head, yes, where we did not have money to cover the bills at the end of the month but we, we put our tithe first. And when we gave to the Lord, somehow miraculously, this that was left over that wasn't enough on paper 
There's something that came in. There was an insurance check that came back. Oh, we, we charged you too much, and it always was right on time. Amen? And God will do it. I know some of you have examples of that, and that's why I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I know that even when this is short, if I give God what's his, he will make this last. And now there are people that have been giving tithe for many years, and they say, well, there's moments where I've fallen down, or there's times when I've had to go and get a loan. Well, they were sitting across from a loan officer. The conversation started about God, and they reached out, and God saved that loan officer. Can you tell me that God's not working in that? I, I, don't, I don't know how God works all the time because sometimes he works in mysterious ways, but I promise you, this is not a mystery. If you give God 10%, no matter how difficult it is, God will bless you and God will help you cover your responsibilities if you're, if you're being responsible. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That's hard to talk about, but I want you to hear me when I say that the, the church has always had a tithing structure in it, even in the New Testament. And first, or Second Corinthians 8, 10 through 11, if you would bring that up, media team, I would appreciate it, because this, this is where Paul, and we're wrapping up here, and I just want to tell you that having a thankful spirit creates the ability to give to the Lord. But it, even though it's command in the church, he said, herein I give my advice. Paul's like, I, I'm not only commanding you in, in first. Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. But he goes, I'm going to give you my advice. It, it, the Holy Ghost in me is, it, it seems good to me in the Holy Ghost. For this is expedient for you, or as I said, profitable for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year, to be forward a year ago. He's saying, you wanted to give the gift, but you couldn't. And that is speaking to what you were saying, Reese, is, those that want to give the tithe, but they just feel like they can't. I'm going to tell you to follow through. Do it. Try. Strive for it. And God will bless you because he said it's profitable for you. And when you do it, you'll find out that there are places you're spending that you didn't realize you were spending. Because when you start first with the Lord, it gives you structure and discipline. And that is what we all need in order to manage money. Anyone that has money will tell you that it takes structure and discipline. You can go to the gym all you want to, fellas. I mean, you can pump all you want to, just talk about all the gains you want to, but if you don't have a skeleton, you're a pile of muscles on the floor until you have something to put that muscle on. So you may be able to earn a lot of money. You might have gifts, you might have abilities, and you are capable of earning. But if you have no skeleton for that, no structure for it, you will only earn and then spend. Earn and then spend. You will not be able to build something that will support a life of giving to the Lord. And so you will flounder. And I know every one of us. I've had moments where we wanted to give, and it was our best intentions, and that's what he's telling the church. You had the best of intentions, and something gets in the way, or we're on again, off again with this. This is something you need to commit to the Lord. Everybody say commit. It's, an, it's not a plan B. It's not a you should do this because it's right. This is something that whenever you commit to it, God does a great blessing over it, and even whenever I was talking about that moment of giving, when the Lord told me to give something, I wasn't looking for anything back, as you should also understand that whenever people say that you give to get, that's, that's expecting God to give a harvest. We are supposed to expect that. That is what the, the, the original topic we started with today is, seed time and harvest, that when you sow, you can expect a harvest. And whenever I gave that day, the Lord told me, empty your wallet and put it in the offering. I, I had just gone to the ATM, and I was like, I'm not interested in emptying my wallet right now. I don't usually carry $160-something or whatever it was. It was, it was over $150. I don't usually carry that much cash on me. And I had that much that day, and the Lord knew it. And he came, and he's calling, ringing my bell, right? And so he's like, you put that in the offering. And I'm like, Lord. And he's like, put that in the offering. And usually God has to say things three times to me because I'm so stubborn, amen? So finally he said, if you don't put that in the offering, I'm like, I'm good, we'll, we'll go. And I put it in the offering. And the next day a friend showed up, and I had wanted a dirt bike for so long. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just I wanted to ride on our property out in Watertown. And um, 
He pulled up and he had a snowmobile and a dirt bike on a trailer. He said, I'm moving. I can't use this where I'm moving. Would you like it? And I'm like, that's easily $1,500 for the snowmobile and probably another two grand for the dirt bike. I gave 150 bucks yesterday in the offering. I think that's a good return on my investment. <laughs> so I can tell you that God has blessed me so many times in, in strange ways, ways that I wouldn't even expect it. And it's all because we've kept this principle in our life for years. We've gotten into places where, where God has blessed us, and we couldn't even make sense of it, except for that we look back and go, we've sowed. We sowed seeds. I've, there's 19 other tithing scriptures that we're going to cut off right now. Amen? Somebody said amen. You're like falling asleep on the tithing <laughs> sermon. Let's thank Brother Reese for being up here to walk through this with us. Amen. There's something about 90% that just tastes so good in your life when you give the Lord the first 10. If it's God's here, the first 10th, you're saying, when I give the 10th, I'm giving everything below it. Amen? So the first 10th is the highest number that says everything else is yours, Lord. I give you this not because that's just yours, but I give you this because all of me, all of what I have is yours. So God will not refuse someone who pours out to him. You know the alabaster box story of that little woman who came. She had saved up money. And there's a beautiful segment in that scripture, and I'm going to probably teach on it. But it says she broke the box and she poured it out on Jesus' feet and she worshiped him. This is worship. Giving to the Lord is, integral, is an integral part of your worship. That's why in Scripture they, they came to the house of the Lord with an offering because you don't go before a king without a gift, but they would bring their offerings as a worship unto the Lord. And that's why God loves a cheerful giver because this woman broke open the box, and the Bible says there that she poured out her tears. It's beautiful because whenever you're broken and poured out, I'm going to preach a message on this. It's coming, broken and poured out. Um, I'm already starting to work on it, but the Lord wants me to tell you that in your brokenness and when you pour out all of what you are to him, he will respond miraculously. How many believe that to be true? How many know that to be true? Would you stand with me? Brother Reese, would you just pray over this congregation and help us pray a prayer that says, for those that have not found this blessing in their life, that they would understand that this is worship and that they would give, find a way to give all of their selves, pour themselves out to the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you so much. For all that you do, Lord, thank you for your word that's gone forth. Thank you, Jesus, for the scriptures that we can go to and study and get revelation and wisdom. God, I pray that you would, to those who haven't quite understood this revelation yet of giving as unto you, I pray that you'd open, uh, open our hearts and our minds, God, to receive this revelation because it truly is, it truly is, uh, a form of our worship, God. That when we give as unto you and we give in our tithes and offerings, we're giving you everything that we have. It's a point of submission. It's a point of trust and of faith where we can pour something out to you, Lord, and we can watch you work in miraculous ways. That when we give as unto you, it just proves that you are the God of everything because we can watch you provide and we can watch you heal and we can watch you uh, watch your hand at work in our life all through just giving. Lord, you already gave us the ability uh, to earn a living. You've already given us health and strength in our body, Jesus. You've already given us everything. 
So, Lord, just giving our tithes and offerings back to you, Lord, it, it, it's just a symbol of, of, of trust and of faith and that we know that, that it's obedient. It's what you have called us to do, Jesus. And in giving unto you, we'll give you glory and honor and we'll worship you in this way. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Prove the Lord in this. That's what the scripture says. This is the one place in scripture where he says, prove me. Prove me and see if I will not pour out a blessing to you. I said thanksgiving is the key to the gates. Now read this scripture with me. If this is a gate and windows are like a gate in scripture, the blessing stops at the gate. If you give your tithe, God will open up the gate and pour out a blessing, a flood of blessing. So there's some things at your gate that haven't been released yet. But look at what Scripture says. If he says, prove me in this, then let's go back and read about the key of thanksgiving and the gates in Scripture. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates, plural. All of these are gates. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Your praise is a gift and your tithe is a gift to God. It's his offerings are a gift. But these are gates. These are places where blessings can be stopped up in your life. And I want you to have the best life. I want you to have all of what God has for you. I want you to know that God has gates for you to put a key of thankfulness in and to worship him through. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing together. We're going to dismiss in just a second. Would you lift your hands and just ask the Lord, Lord, open every gate in my life. Any window that's closed, open it right now. God bless you. God bless you, Jesus. When God bless I fall you. down, you pick bless me up. Bless the Lord. Bless when the Lord. I am dry, every gate I pray is open today. I pray every blessing is released today. In Jesus' precious name, let all this be yours, Jesus. Everything is yours anyways. We do not enrich you by giving back to you, God, but these gifts are for us to give because we love you. Turn to his gate.